0: Today, uh, we're in this, uh, before we start our Sabbath series next week, we uh, I kicked off last week just a two-part thing I wanted to do on, on just what it is to be rooted. And I like to do this every year, is like at the kind of roughly midway point of a given calendar year, to stop and just kind of check in. And so last week, we talked a bit about Psalm 1, uh, and I was just so happy to hear how much that message and that text in particular resonated with so many uh, we talked about uh, what it is to ha- just revisit those patterns that you desire to have, those patterns that are, are are good and healthy that create a system. Is this thing really obnoxious? No? Everybody okay? Sorry, it's driving me nuts, but great. Um to create a, um, a, a system, the, the text talks about a tree planted by living water. How do I become like a tree planted by living water? How do I have water regularly rushing through my life? How do I have the sorts of regular rhythms and systems that are healthy and good uh, that cause me to flourish in the way of God? And so part two of this, I wanted to talk a little bit about this word remembering. I want to talk about how key remembering is to creating a, a, a system to creating um, something in your own life and in your own heart. I'm going to take this off because I can't do it. I'm so sorry. Okay, ready, Mike? It's just I keep nicking it. And we're back. Still have tape on my face? I like it. I meant it to be there. It's a new thing. It's called taping. Anyway. I want to talk about this uh, idea of remembering. I was thinking about our birthdays and my, and my parents uh, and my house I grew up in. Every year when our birthday would roll around, we would uh, be able to uh, select the meal that we wanted. And I don't know about you, but we had kind of some standard meals. Anyone have like kind of standard meals every week? Like you always had tacos out of that like yellow... Um, El Paso, where it was like they all came in a box and pre-wrapped, and then it was we had some meatloaf. Uh, I don't know what it was for you, like you just had like these regular, we had like, um, we had like a pizza week every week, which I always noticed, that was the week that mom and dad didn't really eat with us, I think that was like phoned it in, we're going to go hang out in the other room. It's the first time I came to a locked door, actually, it was on a pizza night. My parents locked door. That's a different story. It's, that's a trauma story we'll talk about later. I'm kidding. My dad's in the room right now. I forgot about that. Um, so we, we, um, <laughs> I would have this, this regular meal. And so as we got older, we we still all try to make it home or for around for birthdays. My mom and my dad will still make our childhood meal, uh, the meal that we most often selected. And we all kind of have them like locked in now. Like I think Steven's is chicken uh, broccoli casserole. Uh, Mine is just like pasta and tomato sauce. (laughs) It's really awesome. Um, Used to be meat sauce and then I became a vegetarian and then I really wasn't a vegetarian. And so now I just have to own up that I'm not a vegetarian anymore but I still feign vegetarianism. It's difficult, it's complex. Anyway, every time I eat this meal, it just jogs the memory. Every time we eat this meal, I immediately start to, to get kind of caught up in uh, remembering. Every single time, there's different memories that kick in. It's like the ritual of coming and eating this meal. We all sit at the same spot around the dining room table that we sat in since we were kids. And it's, it, it, it does something, the, the ritual of it. It's like an unintended thing. But, but we, oh, the intentionality of saying, hey, this has been, in this house, Right? Spaghetti and meat sauce is not exactly my all-time favorite meal at this point in my life. But I'll tell you, eating spaghetti and meat sauce and having like some ice cream cake at the same seat that I sat in for years as a kid, it just, it, it brings so much of it back. And good things, mostly, mostly really good things. It, it, it does something to us. There are things we choose to remember, things that have shaped us in our past that get like locked in. Every time I listen to DC Talk, which is not often anymore, um, anyone know who DC Talk is? A few of you grew up around youth group. Anyone not know who DC Talk is? You need to go look up DC Talk. There are three eras of DC Talk. I'm going to preach a small sermon here. There is early era, which is really, really, really bad, like late early 90s hip-hop, and then it shifts into um, like weird pop. It's like Limp Bizkit, but a pop band singing about Jesus. And then it gets sort of like they're trying to be Nirvana and Lenny Kravitz and Seal at the same time, and then they, there's a cohesive album sort of called Supernatural, and then they, they broke up. They were like a big like, kind of Christian band. And so I listened to DC talk and the memory, though I have good memories after the fact, I have this one memory of being on the bus, and this this kid, Andy Briggs, asking me, it was one of my first times on the bus and asking me, what are you listening to? Uh, it's just nothing. I'm like, I already know, like, this is not gonna go well. But, like the way he asked me was not like, oh, what are you listening to? I'd love to know more. It wasn't that kind of asked. And uh, by the time we were done, he had the whole back of the bus listening to this, like everyone was passing around my Walkman listening to a DC Talk song. I did not go to a Christian school, by the way. And uh, I I just remember this traumatic, traumatic moment of I am being made fun of for this band that I love so, so, so much. It was hard. Anyway, there we have these, (laughs) I'm just going to talk about my childhood in front of y'all today. We have these things that, 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 that shape us, that have happened in our past. This is nothing new. And there are ways in which, whether it is something that in, um, accidentally, involuntarily, indirectly, cause all sorts of things to come rushing back. And then there are rituals, things that we intend to do that are meant to jog our memory. There are things that happen that we encounter, that we come across regularly that just jog our, our memory. And there are things that we do Ritual informs memory so, so deeply. And so this opening passage, and what I want to do is essentially go through a little bit of the book of, of Deuteronomy. And this, this is basically, uh, this is the story of these first people who are called to be a blessing of the world, these he, this Hebrew tribe. And then they are promised to be able to go into this promised land. So they are on their way into this area that God has set aside for them. And he delivers them out of Egypt. And they spend years in the desert. And then he, he tells them, here's how we're going to live together in the promised land. Here's how things are going to go. Here are the sorts of rituals and rules and ways that we live together so that you So that you thrive. So that you thrive. And it's interesting that in this seminal book, in this thing that is is core to understanding our entire faith as Christians, the the, the core to the Jewish faith, the Judeo-Christian worldview, and and an, an easy argument could be made of really core to how we even think in Western society, so much of it literally goes back to this book. And one of the most used word in this book is the word remember. Remember, 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 remember comes up over and over and over. And I think it has so um, much uh, weight and power for us here in 2019 in our current cultural climate has so much power for us when we think about how do we uh, remain rooted in the things that matter. Do not forget the things your eyes have seen. Teach them to your children. Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God. Chapter four, verse 23. Be careful. Do not forget the covenant of the Lord your God that he made with you. Do not make for yourselves an idol in the form of anything the Lord your God has forbidden for the Lord your God is a consuming fire a jealous God. Be careful in Deuteronomy 4:31 and 6:12 and 8:11 be careful that you do not forget the Lord. Don't forget him. Don't forget his covenant. Don't forget his promises. We're prone to forget. I was um, talking yesterday with a good friend who I've not seen in four or five years. And they had a a pretty miraculous story uh, around the birth of their first child. And it involves all sorts of answered prayer and lessons being taught on the way to these promises. And um, they'd been trying, I think, for something like seven, eight years or something like that. And um, I know this is a painful subject for many, but, but I would just say as he's telling me this, I can't help but have like a tear well up in my eye and all of us are sort of caught off guard by how, how powerful this, this story was. And so now I proceed to tell the story of, of, of our children Specifically, our, our first two, we were told we could not have children. And so I've shared some of these stories before. I'm not going to get into them all now. But basically, I started to recount like, how strange this was that happened. And then the, 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 the way, why my second um, born is named what she's named, Rowan Sia. Sia is someone in our community, a me, brown med student at the time who, who, who prayed Uh, over us and prayed over Corey's womb and and sent us pictures from the medical journals she's reading with prayers on them and uh, a prophetic way her name arrived and all of this stuff. Uh, And I I felt compelled to share that. And as I was sharing that, my friend Jeremy and I had this realization that his story, which was really fresh, my story is that's about two and a half uh, years old. And then I started telling Harper's story, which is like five years old. And this is simply just around... Childbearing. There's a whole lot of other things we could have been talking about in terms of God's faithfulness. But what dawned on us is how easy it is to flatten these stories. When they first happen, you're like, I can't believe this. You remember every detail. You remember that prayer and then the answer prayer, like two days later, and the person that called that had like information about what was going on, and there's no way they could have known. I don't know if you've ever had anything like this. Those of you who may have been walking with the Lord— like, But you know these sorts of stories where God has, like, just done a- amazing things. He's been so, so good to me. I, I grabbed my daughter as we were singing that song, Goodness of God. But all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. I'm just, like, starting to well up as I'm holding my firstborn. And I just hold her, like, in her ear as we were singing, like, do you know that every time I sing this song, one of the things I think about is how thankful I am for God's goodness that He would have given you you to me. Like I get to be your dad. Like that's so good. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm on paternity leave, I'm really tired. We have a newborn. Um <laughs> Um, stop. I, I, uh, I realized in this conversation with my friend and again right here is how easy it is to forget it's just really easy to forget it's easy to look back and go ah there probably was something else going on I know when I was like younger I attributed that to Jesus but probably, probably isn't anything now I know at the time it was like I've been saved by all this, but now things are, are fine and good and everything's going really, really well. And, uh, you know, there's a distance that creeps in. Any of you who've been in a long-term relationship or you're married, you know this happens. One of the first questions that gets asked when you go into marriage counseling is, "Tell me about when you got married. Tell me about when you fought, fell in love. What was going on there. Now people change and things happen and mistakes are made. But at that time that you're getting married and you're looking at that person and going, "I will commit the rest of my life to you," it's really difficult to imagine then 10 years later, you're sitting in marriage counseling, right? And so how do you and marriage counseling is good? I think you should do that anyway, even if you're doing great. But how, when you get to maybe a crisis point, do you go, how could we not have maybe gotten to such a crisis point? What is it? What are the sorts of rhythms and ways that we can continue to remember our love for one another? Not just remember one moment, but remember what it was that catalyzed us to move into a place to make such an unbelievably ridiculous commitment as to say, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you. These Hebrew people are being told over and over and over, remember, 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 remember. Remember, it says in chapter 5, verse 15, remember that you were slaves in Egypt. That gets repeated five times God wants these first people headed into the promised land as he's putting together. Here's how we're going to live together. Here are the things I want you to do that will cause you to thrive. Remember that you were slaves. It almost seems counterintuitive, right? Especially in our day and age where it's like, no, that's the scripts. You don't want to remember anymore. Put that away. Remember that you were slaves. Remember where you came from. One of the most common themes, I'm a big um, hip hop fan, one of the most common themes that come up regularly in at least legitimate hip hop, I'm not talking about mumble rap and any of that nonsense, kidding. But is that one piece, is remember where you came from. You go back and you remember the neighborhood you grew up in. You remember the hardships that you went through. This is what you do. You do this because it keeps you humble. It keeps you, uh, there's something about remembering where you came from that actually is intrinsically tied to remembering who you are. Where'd you come from? Oh, you grew up on that street. It doesn't mean you don't transcend your circumstances, but you remember the things that actually shaped you. And in that situation, it's about, I don't care how much money you got, you still stay humble. This we see the God of the universe telling these first people who are going to be a blessing to the world, this Hebrew tribe, he says, remember, remember, remember that you were slaves. Remember you had nothing and I saved you. Remember you have been saved by grace. That's not a New Testament idea. That didn't just come around with Jesus. You've been saved by grace. You did nothing. I pulled you out of Egypt. I I rescued you. Remember where you came from. Deuteronomy 6, 26, verses 1 to 13. This is a long passage. Stay with me. I have a few long passages. You doing okay? All right. When you have entered the land of the Lord your God, the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and have taken possession of it and settled in it, Take some of the first fruits of all that you produce from the soil, right? We just did this in our giving, the land of the Lord your God is giving you, and put them in a basket. Then go to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name, and say, Uh, to the priest in the office at that time, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the land the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. The priest shall take the basket from your hands and set it down in front of the altar of the Lord your God. If you're already like, why are we reading this right now? He's like giving them really specific, physical, tangible things. Hey, do this, do this, do this, do this, trust me. Then you declare before the Lord your God My father was a wandering Aramean, and he went down into Egypt with a few people and lived there and became a great nation, powerful and numerous. But the Egyptians mistreated us and made us suffer, subjecting us to harsh labor. Then we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our misery and toil and oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm with great terror and with signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. That's like the Hebrew version of like, I don't know. There's like such a diverse room. It's like a land flowing with, I, there's too many different things we could go. I don't know. And now I will bring the first fruits of the soil that you, Lord, have given me. Place the basket before the Lord your God and bow down before him. Then you and the Levites and the foreigners residing among you shall rejoice in all the good things the Lord your God has given to you and your household. When you have finished setting aside a tenth of all you produce in the third... In the third year, the year of the tithe, you shall leave it for the Levite, the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow, so that they may eat in your towns and be satisfied. Then say to the Lord, I have removed from my house the sacred portion and have given it to the Levite, the foreigner, the fatherless, the widow, according to all you commanded. There's so much going on here. This starts with a remember your story. Recite your story. Let's all together now recite our story. We have been... I was saved by grace. This is where I was, and this is where I am. This is what happened, and this is how God brought me through. And it's all rooted in, for some of them, things that have happened generations before. In other words, for us, this is actually even linked to our story remember that your father was a wandering Aramean is basically the way of saying, remember you were a homeless refugee. Physically, in terms of our lineage going all the way back to Abraham, but, but, but spiritually, and that we are in bondage to sin. This brings up all sorts of things, and I'm not gonna get into it, but about immigration, does it not? This brings up all sorts of interesting things about our, 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 the way in which we see what's happening at the border, It adjusts the way in which we think about loving, caring for, compassion. This is not a commentary on open or closed borders. This is not a commentary on whatever, wherever your mind's going, depending if you're a conservative or a liberal in the room. I'm simply saying, when you know your lineage is the same as the family that came from El Salvador, who has no hope, the same family that asked me when I was down there two years ago if I would take their oldest son back to the U.S. so he could have a future because it's so gang-ridden, and when they're trying to crash the stream and we meet them with no compassion at all, we go, that's not someone else's story. If you're a follower of Jesus, that's yours. Remember, your father was a a wandering Aramean, was a homeless refugee. Remember, you were in bondage too. Think about what this does to our civility, the way we love each other, the way we have empathy toward each other. C.S. Lewis, I know I repeat this all the time, like just a beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. I was a homeless refugee too. I've jacked it up too. How many times when you've been going through something and you sit with someone who's gone through what you've gone through? Right? They've been through it too. And they're like, hey man, I know. I know what it is to be addicted to that. I know what it is to have that kind of shame in your life. I know what it is to be depressed like that. I know what it is to like lose a child. I know what it is to. I know what it is to. Let me tell you, I remember, I remember this story. I remember this. I rehearse this on the regular because what it does is it produces things in my now. By remembering the things in your past, it produces things in your in your present. It produces fruit or it can produce death. If the scripts and things that you have ritualized and are remembering are unhealthy, unholy, and no good, my gosh, it will produce real life carnage in your life now. But if the things you are rehearsing and remembering the goodness of God, it will get you through all the biggest doubts that you have about your faith. It will get you through the darkest of moments and times. I remember that I was a slave in Egypt. I remember the Lord your God and his goodness. I remember those promises. I remember what you did in that situation. I remember, Lord, your goodness. I remember, I remember, I remember. If we're doing church right, and in fact, this preparing this sermon has caused me to think differently about even how we do some of our, our Sunday morning together. Part of coming together on a Sunday morning is simply one big exercise in remembering. I remember all my life you've been faithful. You seem so far from me right now and everything's the worst, but my goodness, I know you've been faithful. I need that song right now. I need to remember that, I need that scripture right now. I need to remember, I need to remember, my father was a wandering Aramean. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way out of the wilderness. Chapter eight, verse two, remember how the Lord your God led you out of the way of the universe. These, these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what is in your heart, whether or not you'd keep his commands, he humbled you, causing you to hunger, Neither you nor your ancestors had known to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes didn't wear out. So when you were in a rough spot, I took care of you. Your clothes didn't wear out, and your feet did not swell during those 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord disciplines you. Observe the commands of the Lord walking in obedience, revering him, for the Lord your God's bringing you into good land. Right, so then in verse 10 it says, so then when you've eaten and are satisfied, when things are going good, anybody got things going well right now? Like things are up and to the right, got a new job, got a new car, like uh, my relationship's finally restored with my dad. I'm trying to think of stories that are literally know are going on in the, world, in the room right now. Like things are all right, I finally feel like settled, I finally feel like I know the call in my life and what I'm supposed to be on. My family's just healthy. It's like crazy right now because I have like two little infants, but it's like, but at least they're healthy and I love them and and, and there's, there's things for us. So when you've eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he's given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God. Failing to observe his commands, his laws, and decrees that I'm giving you today. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large anyone got some large flocks right now? And your silver and gold increase. How many of you have 401k is looking really good right now? And all you have is multiplied. If you don't do the remembering thing, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness. And again, the writer rehearses the story. Again. Do you want to live a life of rich joy and love and humility and goodness? Remember, remember, remember. In fact, it's usually when things are good that you have to remember. When things are bad, I don't have to remember to, like, cry out to God. Remember, because those hard times will come. Remember this and never forget. Remember this and never forget. Even to forget the times that God corrected you. Remember the times one of the friends I was sitting with yesterday when we were hearing these stories, we recalled the time that God had used him in a pretty powerful way to say, "Andrew, I don't know if you ever had a friend do this. We're gonna go take a walk. We need to take a walk, buddy. I love you." As a peer, actually a year younger than me. A guy in a lot of ways, I felt like I had it like more together than when it came like to spiritual things, <laughs> ego, and he's like, "We gotta take a walk." And I experienced in that moment such correction. And I experienced like the correction of God. Remember those times. Remember those times. Remember. Remember the days of old. Consider generations long past. Ask your father and he will tell you. Your elders and they will explain to you. In other words, resist chronological arrogance. Resist this idea that our generation's got it all figured out and we got nothing to learn from the generation before. Resist it. Resist it. God's been at work long before you were ever, ever a blip on this map. God's been at work and healing lives and restoring people long before you ever came along. Go back. You're having a little bit of doubt. You're wondering about X, Y, and Z. Go back and read those who've come before you who've also struggled with those doubts. Go back, you're wondering what we do in this and it feels like the first time in history we've ever had to wrestle with this, probably not. Go back and learn about how followers of Jesus have moved and lived and had their being. Remember, remember, remember. In the New Testament, it comes up over and over. Half of the letters in the New Testament start with some version of, hey, I'm writing to remind you. Writing to remind you, guys. I'm writing to remind you, church. I'm writing to remind you of who you are and what you're called to do. Remember, remember. Second Peter one says, "So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them." Be reminded of things. Rehearse the things. This is why I say we never get past. Jesus loves me. This I know. I had a moment actually as we were singing, and I, we were down here and we were singing like, "You love me as you find me." And, and something in me went like, oh, "I know there's some people in here who like hate songs like that." It's okay. Like, it just feels so basic. Why can't we be singing Come Thou Fount again? And I get it. But sometimes there are moments to sing again and be reminded, like, you love me as you find, oh, yeah. Now, I'm not struggling with appreciating God's love right now. I'm sure God would appreciate me saying, like, hey, just thank you for loving me, like, the, where you find me. But all of a sudden, maybe it's because I'm prepping the sermon, <laughs> I'm sitting here going, Oh, God, I remember when you were there, and I remember when you were there. I remember when you were there. I remember when you, lo- you showed your love here. And then I started praying for some of you. I'm like, you need to know God's love right now. It's so bad. God, would you move and touch them? So this whole little moment of singing this refrain where some of you, I understand, are just like, okay, we're singing that part again. You love me as you find me. This can be one of these moments where you're allowing this moment where you already know what's happening. Peter's saying, look, look, you you know all of these things, but I wanna refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, as long as I'm in this church, because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ made it clear, and I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power. We were eyewitnesses to his majesty. Like, I I, I want to remind you of the things you know that God is real and he is alive and he is loving and he is moving in this world. I want to remind you, and I need to be reminded. This Hebrew tribe was commanded to the point of death multiple times. I don't have time to get into all these texts, but reminded to celebrate. Stop and party or things are going to not go well for you. God is the God of the party, quite literally, over and over in the Old Testament. Stop, party. Get good wine and go celebrate. Why? Why? Because these are the things from our past we need to remember. We remember birthdays and we remember anniversaries. My wife and I on our phone, every time we have like a, a God moment, we call it our redemptive calendar. Every time there's something that happens in our lives or in our friends, we do our best to put it in the calendar and then we set it for a year. So it goes off every year. So I'm like oftentimes randomly out just hanging out with people and my phone goes off and I'm like, oh no, I forgot, I forgot another thing. And I go and look, and all of a sudden it says RC Redemptive Calendar, and it has a little bit of like things to jog my memory of what God did a year ago today at this time. It's good, right? Steal it. I stole it from somebody else. Like it just it, it 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 does something to your heart to remember the God who's at work, to remember those ways in which He has loved, the way in which He has cared, the way in which He has provided. Remember, it says in the Psalms, His marvelous works. Remember what He's done. What are you remembering instead? I'll invite the band up here. Let's let's close this out. I want to invite you. What are you remembering instead of his marvelous works? What are the things that you you have? You have like involuntary rituals and scripts in your head that come up. What are you actually dwelling on? Because I guarantee you, there are victories to dwell on. And if you feel like you can't remember any right now, you got friends next to you that have victories that you can participate in. Like there are ways in which God has done marvelous things. There are ways in which, like even if you gotta go all the way back to this text. Well, things are pretty much awful. I can't remember a victory. Well, God, at least you, you, you brought the slaves out of Egypt. Like <laughs> if things are that bad, that you gotta go back to that event. Go back and remember. Remember the ways that God has set you free. Remember the things that He has done. When I meet people who are struggling with their faith. The first thing I do is go down memory lane. It's like marriage counseling. Hey, tell me about the time you came to Jesus. Tell me when you first encountered His love. Tell me about the time that you felt you knew His promises, you heard His voice. You understood how faithful he was. These these Hebrew people would put down these things, these memorial stones for future generations. A lot of my parenting right now just feels like starting to lay up memorial stones. The reason why I was so passionate about giving my kids names that had some meaning is that I would at least be able to on the regular remind them of why they were named what they were named. That was one of my memory stones, I felt like I needed to do. To build up a backlog, to journal, to capture moments, to find ways to remember the goodness of God, to remember the miracles. These Hebrew people, this ancient Hebrew tribe about to head into the promised land, getting told what they need to do that they might live and flourish. They might be people living in response to God's grace, in response to reality. God wanted them. Please hear this if you hear nothing else. God wanted them to remember their yesterday before they walked into their tomorrow. And it's the same for us. God wants you to remember your past so that you can walk into your tomorrow. But remember his marvelous deeds. Remember what he's done. Luke twenty-two nineteen. 19. Jesus took bread. He gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We are prone to forget. It's like Jesus is getting ahead of it. He hasn't even gone to the cross yet. And guys like, guys, something pretty much like unbelievably epic is about to happen. It's going to change human history. Calendars are going to shift. There's going to be this thing called like be me and like after me. It's going to be crazy. Like, like everything's going to, there's going to be crazy, like things and people and stories and movements are going to happen. And then one day this tiny little, almost like cult within the Hebrew tribe that was the way of Jesus is then going to have billions of people in it today that's what happened just a heads up and so he goes preemptively before this epic moment that's about to cause all of this to happen he goes hey before this even happens i need you to start i need, I need you to have a ritual i need you to do something together because you will be somehow prone to forget even this that the logic behind everything, the logos behind everything, the thing behind the thing, the ground of our being. People will forget that it is love rooted in a person that is Jesus Christ. They will forget that they can walk in freedom and not shame. They will forget that there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. They will forget that they are loved and that that can transform their addictions and anxieties. They will forget that they are called to be a people demonstrating and announcing that love in all sorts of ways. They will forget to do this in remembrance of me. There's something about ritual that jogs our memory. There's something about taking the bread or the gluten-free rice cracker drinking the cup or dipping it in the cup like tasting the wine and remembering the god of the universe the thing behind the thing behind the thing the truth behind it all made himself fully known to us in a person changed everything group of people bearing witness saying, hey, we remember that something happened, however you make sense of it, that changed the world and continues to change the world. So remember, 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 he's been so, so good to me. Remember, remember his faithfulness. Remember that he saved you. Remember, you are a homeless refugee. Remember, he rescued and poured you out, pulled you out. Remember all the chances he's given and the ways that we've messed those up. That sounds like awful and shameful. Like, No, it's not. To me, I take great, we take comfort in that as followers of Jesus. I know I've jacked this up. I know I've missed multiple opportunities to step more into my calling and more into my freedom and more into who he created me to be. And I have messed that up many times. Anyone else? I've messed it up. I remember those mess ups because it's not me I'm focused on. I'm remembering the fact that God keeps coming. He keeps running up the road. He keeps chasing after me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Like it keeps coming. So I remember the fact even that I've messed up. I remember God's wrath and correction. I remember that he's a good father. Some of you had not so good fathers. And so I remember. I remember my good father. I remember that he's corrected. I remember that he's disciplined me. I remember that time I messed it all up. I remember that even yesterday he gave me an opportunity to get out of this current thing and I'm still stuck in and it's really hard. I remember that there's been long stretches in the scripture where people have doubts and questions and it goes on for a while, but they are pulled out. So even though I'm in the middle of it right now and I'm not expecting a turnaround in 10 seconds, like I remember that God is good and faithful and delivers on his promises all the time. I gotta remember because my feelings are fickle. Anyone else's feelings fickle? Anyone else's feelings ever led them astray? Yeah, okay. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Lord, have mercy on us. Forgetful people, forgetful people, people in need of remembering. Help us, Lord, as we come to the table. Help us to to be reminded even now of your goodness. Help us to be people who recognize, Lord, the things that you have done in our lives and the lives of our family, the generational sin you've broken, Lord, the, the peace that you've delivered, Lord, the rest that you've given, that good friend that dragged us to church today. We remember, Lord, your goodness and what you're up to. I pray for those that don't have like much of a backlog of memory for you, of you. I pray, Lord, that um, in this moment, God, you would touch their heart. In this moment, Lord, whatever's happening in their mind, God would. Um, whatever's happening in their heart, I'm sorry, Lord, begin to just um, become so, just become so true and real to them. How that they would know of your love and know of your grace as they come to the table. In Jesus' name, everybody said.